Hey, today's reading is from John 21, 15 to 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, he said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, well, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you. When you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The word of God for the people of God. So way back in the early days of our marriage, my wife and I had an opportunity to to take a trip to the city of Rome. And we did our our homework before we left, and we discovered that Rome is an expensive city. And so we knew that we would have to be very careful about how and where we spent our pennies. And so we were excited when we got to our hotel, and we discovered there on the check-in counter, there was a big stack of coupons for a restaurant that was just around the corner from from the hotel. It was offering a, a steep discount on dinner at the restaurant. And so we grabbed one of the coupons off the top of the stack, and we made our way around the corner. The the restaurant was a little bit nicer than the kind of place we usually ate in back then, but we figured, well, we got a coupon, so let's treat ourselves. And so we went in and we sat down, and I ordered a a bowl of minestrone, and my wife had the ravioli, and then we had a beautiful evening. We had a great time there at the restaurant, just soaking up the atmosphere and pinching ourselves because there we were eating, eating dinner in Rome. We had a great time there at the restaurant that night, and then it came time to pay. And so a waiter came around to our table, and he put uh, the check down on the table, and I looked at the check, and I reached into my pocket and pulled out a few euros, and I put the money on top of the bill, and then I took out the coupon, and I put the coupon on top of the money, and the waiter picked up the coupon. He sort of pinched it and and held it up and looked at it the way you would look at a a mysterious hair that you found floating in your minestrone. He looked at the coupon, he looked at both sides, and then he looked at me, and he said, no, he said, he's a no good. Now, here's what you need to know. Everything I learned, uh, know about, about doing Italian accents, I learned at the Super Mario Brothers Chef Boyardee School of Vocal <laughs> Acrobatics, right? So I'm sorry to anybody who actually knows what an Italian person sounds like for what's about to happen in the rest of this story. He said, no, he's, he's a no good. And I said, what do, what do you mean it's no good? And he said, he's a no good for you. And I said, what do you mean it's, it's no good? 
good for me. I said, it's got the name of your restaurant printed on it. It's got the logo of your restaurant. It's got the address of your restaurant. There's no fine print on this card anywhere that I can see. What do you mean it's, it's no good for me? And he said, just wait a minute. And so he took off, and a moment later, he came back with the manager of the restaurant. And the manager came to our table. He was holding the coupon in his hand, and he slammed it down on the table, and he said, no. He said, is not enough? And I said, what? What do you mean it's not enough? And he said, is not enough? He said, the card is a, is a for bigger people who come in bigger party and sit at bigger table, order bigger food, and pay bigger money. He said, you, he said, you are little people. He said, you sit at a little table, order little food, pay little money. Is it not enough for use of the card? And by this point, everybody in the restaurant was watching us. Of course, everybody had stopped what they were doing. Nobody was eating at this point. We had become the entertainment for, for the evening, and, and I could feel my face turning red, and I realized that really what I wanted to do was just get out of there. And so I reached into my pocket, and I pulled out a little bit more money, and I, I put it on top of the money that I had already laid down. And then my wife and I, we stood up to, to get ready to leave, but as we were trying to leave, the, the manager blocked our way. He sort of slipped over and stood in front of me with his his body blocking the door and then I I will never forget what he did next there in front of that whole restaurant full of people the manager of the restaurant looked at me and he held out his hand and he said and you pay the tip I couldn't believe it. I could not believe the gall. I could not believe the audacity of this man to stand there in front of the whole restaurant full of people and demand a tip from me after he had refused to honor his, his coupon. But, of course, like I said, everybody was watching, and I just wanted to get out of there. And so I reached into my pocket, and I grabbed a couple more euros, and I slapped them down on his hand. And, and then we left the restaurant, and we walked out the door of the restaurant, and I took three steps. I was ten feet away from the door of the restaurant when I saw suddenly realized what I should have said to the manager in in that moment. Suddenly, when I was 10 feet out the door of the restaurant, I realized that in that moment, looking at him with all the restaurant looking at us, I should have said to the manager, I should have said no. I should have said tips are for big people. Tips are for big parties who sit at big tables and eat big food and pay big money. I should have said, but we're just little people. We just sit at a little table, order little food, pay little money. It's not enough, I should have said. It's, it's not enough to put down a tip. That's what I should have said, but by then it was too late. By then we were already out the door and the moment had passed and there was nothing I could do except stew in my regretfulness and replay that moment over and over in my mind the way that it should have gone. And I am embarrassed to tell you that that is exactly what I did for the rest of the week that we were in Rome as we were traveling around to all of these beautiful and historic sites. I found that my mind kept going back to that moment in the restaurant, replaying that conversation with the manager in the restaurant and wishing that I could have a do-over so I could say what I should have said the very first time around. I missed out on a lot of joy and a lot of beautiful moments because, because I was haunted by the memory of that moment in the restaurant. Have you got a moment like that? Have you got a moment that comes back to haunt you? Have you ever got so stuck in a moment that you just couldn't get out of it? Did you ever wish that you, you could go back in time and have a do-over? Of course you have. All of us have those moments. 
And one of the things that I've learned in my years as a, as a pastor is that all of us have moments that sneak up on us when we're lying in bed trying to fall asleep. Moments from years ago or maybe even decades ago that somehow wiggle into our brains and then force us to relive painful memories over and over and over again until the sun comes up the next morning. All of us, all of us have those memories. You know, sometimes, sometimes people tell the pastor about it. A few years ago, there was a woman in the church that I was serving. And she came to me one day and she said, Pastor, she said, I need to talk to you. She said, I'm at a point in my life right now where I need to do something. She said, I've been carrying this burden of, of guilt and regret. She said, years ago, my, my best friend was dying. She said, my very best friend in the whole wide world was, was dying of cancer. She said, every day, day after day, I would go and I would sit at the side of her bed and I would watch her suffer. And she said, day after day, as I sat there by the side of her bed, I would look at her and I would think, I need to figure out how to share my faith with my friend. I want so badly to tell her about the love of God in Jesus. I want to tell her about this love that is more powerful than sickness, a love that is more powerful than death. Day after day, I sat there trying to figure out how to start that conversation, she said, but I never did figure out how to get the conversation started. And she said, then one day it was too late. And she said, now, she said, I have so many days when I think back on my friend, I think back on all those days we spent together, and I so wish I could go back in time and have just one more opportunity, one more conversation, one more chance to share God's love in Jesus, share my faith with my friend, and give her the comfort and the peace that lives in my heart. Have you got a moment that sneaks up on you? Have you got a moment that haunts you, that wiggles its way into your brain when you're trying to sleep? Do you, do you have a moment that you so wish you could do over? If you have one of those moments, if you know what it's like to carry that burden of guilt and regret, then you know exactly how Simon Peter is feeling in this morning's scripture reading. So in today's scripture reading, we find, we find Simon Peter and some other disciples sitting with Jesus on a beach by the, the Sea of Galilee. They've just had a great big breakfast together. Their, their bellies are full and they're sitting there by the water looking out as the sun sparkles over the water. And if anyone in human history has ever had a reason to feel happy and at peace and content, it is Simon Peter in that moment. His master, his teacher, his friend, the man who he saw die on a cross has come back from the dead. Simon Peter has experienced the power of God's love, the power of the resurrection, and now here he is sitting shoulder to shoulder with Jesus watching the sun on the Sea of Galilee with a belly full of fresh baked bread. If anybody has ever had a reason to feel happy and content and at peace, it is Simon Peter in that moment. But Simon Peter in that moment doesn't feel any of those things. In that moment, the only thing that Simon Peter feels is resentment, regret, and guilt. Because as he's sitting there with Jesus, as he's watching the the sun play on the water, he's not really seeing what's in front of him. Instead, in his mind, he's replaying the same moment over and over again. Simon Peter can't help but think back to the last time he shared a meal with Jesus. Just a few weeks earlier, Simon Peter and the other disciples were sitting at a table with Jesus in the city of Jerusalem. And as they were sitting there eating supper, Jesus made an announcement. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, Truly I tell you, very soon all of you will abandon and betray me. And Simon Peter jumped up. 
And he said, no way, Jesus. He said, these other guys might abandon you. These other guys might betray you, but I will never leave your side. You'll see, Jesus. He said, I love you more than all of these other disciples put together. And Jesus looked at Simon Peter and he said, Peter, he said, Peter, by the time this very night is over, you will have denied me not once, but three times. And then they came for Jesus. The enemies of Jesus came with soldiers to arrest him. The disciples were scattered. And later that night, Simon Peter made his way to the the place where Jesus was being held captive. He discovered that a crowd of people had gathered outside. All of the gossips and paparazzi in the city of Jerusalem were gathered there outside the jail to find out if there was any juicy news to see if they could catch a a glimpse of Jesus. And so, so Peter put up his hood and he put his head down and he slipped into the crowd and he tried to remain inconspicuous but of course eventually somebody in that crowd recognized him someone looked at him and said hey you aren't aren't you one of that man's disciples and Simon Peter shook his head he said no you must have me mistaken with somebody else and then somebody else said no I can hear your voice you've got a Galilean accent surely you are one of Jesus followers and Simon Peter said no I'm telling you you're making a mistake and then somebody else said no I have seen you with Jesus and Simon Peter said listen I am telling you I do not know that man and just at that moment the sun came up and the rooster crowed and Peter was overwhelmed by a wave of guilt and regret and shame and as he is sitting there on the beach with a belly full of bread shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. His mind keeps going back to that moment. All that Simon Peter can think of as he sits there with Jesus is the question, does Jesus know? Does he know what I did? Does he know what happened that night he was arrested? Does he know that I denied him three times just like like he said I would? And then as they're sitting there digesting their breakfast, finally, Jesus breaks the silence. Jesus says, Simon, do you love me more than these? Then he waves his hand at the other disciples. And of course, Peter is embarrassed because that's exactly what he had boasted. He said, Jesus, I love you more than all of these other disciples do. But then he denied and betrayed Jesus just like all of the other disciples did. Simon, do you love me more than these? In that moment, Simon Peter says the only thing that he can say, Lord, you know, you know that I love you. And they kept on chewing and digesting. And a moment later, Jesus again said, Simon, do you love me? And Simon Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. Then care for my sheep, Jesus said. And then a moment later, a third time, Jesus looked at Simon Peter and he said, Simon, do you love me? And in that moment, the Bible tells us, the gospel tells us, Simon Peter was overwhelmed by grief because in that moment, he knew that Jesus knew. He knew that Jesus knew everything that had happened the night he was arrested. He knew that Jesus knew every painful detail of his denial and betrayal. He knew that Jesus knew. And so he said the only thing that he could say, he said, Lord, you know everything. You know my heart and you know my mind. You knew what I was going to do and you know everything I have ever done, Lord. You know everything. And so you know that in spite of all of this, I do love you. Then feed my sheep, Jesus said. And then in that moment, Jesus says something else. He says something so beautiful and so subtle that we almost miss it. But Simon Peter didn't miss it. Then in that moment, as Simon Peter is is overwhelmed by all of this grief and regret, Jesus turns and looks at him and says, follow me. 
There in the very place where Simon Peter and Jesus first met. All those years ago when a wandering rabbi came along the beach and spotted a fisherman sitting in his boat, mending his nets. There in the very place where Jesus first looked at Simon Peter and said, follow me one more time. Jesus looks at Simon Peter and says, again, follow me. And in that moment, Simon Peter understands what Jesus is doing. He understands that Jesus is taking him back to the very beginning. He understands that Jesus is giving him a chance to start all over again. He understands in that moment that there are no do-overs in life, but with Jesus, there are always, there are always second chances. With Jesus, there is always forgiveness. With Jesus, there is always, there is always grace. I don't know what's haunting you. I don't know what memory sneaks up on you when you're trying to fall asleep at night. I don't know what burden of guilt and grief and regret and pain you've been carrying on your shoulders. But this morning, I hope that you hear these words of Jesus as a call to you. Follow me. You get to start all over again. You get to let go of the past and, and start right back at square one with me whenever, whenever you're ready to do that. This morning, we're going to give you a chance to let go of that grief, that regret, that burden. This morning, we're going to give you a chance to lay all of those things at the feet of Jesus and start over. Here's how we're going to do that. So in just a moment, Alan's going to start playing our our last hymn. And while we're singing, we're going to invite you to to come forward to the front of the sanctuary. If you've got an estimate of giving card this morning, then you can come and you can can lay that in the picnic basket. And that will be an offering to God. That will represent the offering of ourselves to God for another, another year in ministry. But even if you don't have a card filled out this morning, I want you to hear this. You are welcome to come forward, to come down to the front of the sanctuary. Pastor Christie and I will be here. I'll be here and Pastor Christie with the kids will join us in, in just a moment. And as you come forward, I invite you to hold in your heart whatever that moment of grief is, whatever that moment of regret and guilt and pain is, I want you to carry it in your heart all the way down to the front of the church and then I want you to lay it on the altar table and leave it there. I will be down here with, with oil for anointing. Pastor Christie and I will give words of, of blessing and, and release. And if you want to take some time and, and kneel at the altar rail and have a, a little bit of conversation, with Jesus, you're welcome to do that. This morning, we invite you to come down and, and unload your gifts and also unload everything, everything that's been tearing you up at night. Come down, come down as we sing this last hymn. All right, we all know what we're going to do. Alan, I'm going to invite you to go into, go into this last hymn. Alan, if we, if we have more people coming forward and we get to the end of the hymn, he's just going to loop around to the top and start all over again, right? So don't be surprised when he does that. Don't put down your hymnal too early. All right, I invite you now, I invite you now to stand on your feet or stand in your heart and come forward as the spirit moves as we sing our sing our closing hymn